welcome to episode number 83 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our series on faith. The overall title is Faith to Receive. Through these teachings, I believe that God will help us understand how our prayers and how our faith will produce great results. The Bible says that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, I believe that that applies to our faith. I believe that our faith can grow as we get closer to God, and I believe these teachings will help you. So if you'll listen in and tune in and see what the Holy Spirit has to say to you to be able to give you a new level of faith, a new level of confidence and trusting God that He's able to do greater than what we can imagine or even think. So before we get into the lesson, we need to invite the Holy Spirit into this teaching. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity I have to bring this session to those who have tuned in to listening in today. And I ask the Holy Spirit now would speak through me and use the words that I have prepared and the things that I've written down, the notes that I have, Father, that you would anoint them and that you would bring forth, Father, new levels of faith and new levels of great results, Father, in those who believe, Father, your word and those who believe that you are God without limits, unlimited ability, God, that you have. May we be able to see great results, Father, through this teaching. And to give you praise now for it, give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's title is Learn How to Wake Up Each Day with Unlimited Faith. This teaching is based upon a book that I've written entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. The book is based upon the teaching of the Apostle Paul when he told us that we can see things brought forth in our life that we've given up on, that God is able to put life into things that we've given up on and that we believe will never come to pass. But our God has unlimited faith and unlimited ability. So today we're going to look into the Word of God, look at examples of faith that has grown and increased. And I believe before this series is over, your prayers and your faith will get great results. To start off, let me just give you a statement the Lord gave me. And it goes like this. Try to avoid the pessimistic thoughts of failure and defeat. So many people today when they pray, they approach prayer with a, I hope so, or hope this was possible and maybe God will do this and maybe he won't. And that's not the way that we should approach our prayers and our faith. We should always believe that God is able and believe that our prayers will be answered and have faith to believe that. You see, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ and you accepted him as Lord and Savior, you had confidence that he accepted you. You had confidence to believe that you are now a follower of Christ and you are a believer and now you have the promise of heaven. So those things came into your heart and in your mind and they become very real and very strong. And that's the way it needs to be when we have any type of a request or any kind of a need that we have. We need to believe that God's going to answer it. Don't think of it in a pessimistic way, in a way of, well, I hope so or possibly or maybe. We just can't let that enter into our vocabulary. When we catch the idea of, I can't wait to see the results, and that we will experience good results, we are calling forth those things that are not as though they are. You see, I really like to look forward to seeing how God's going to answer prayers. I remember many times when my wife and I first started our church, we would pray about giving a certain amount of money to the church, and we didn't have a whole lot of cash in the bank, and we didn't have a lot of cash available to give away. And so we would pray and say, Lord, what do you want us to give? So I remember on one occasion, we were going to take up a big offering for the church. And my wife and I prayed about it, and this very large number came up, which was like three times the amount of money that I made every year as the pastor of the church. And it just seemed like a 
huge amount of money. But the way we got there was my wife and I prayed, and we thought, let's pray about it and believe that God will keep us in unity on this, because I believe that a husband and wife should be in unity when they make a decision to make a large purchase or make a large donation to the church. I believe that should be part of your routine as a married couple. So we prayed, and we put down what we thought we should give to this building program. So we wrote it down with our cards, put them down so no one, neither one of us could see it. And Sharon had hers face down, I had mine face down, and then all of a sudden I said, let's turn them over and see what the Lord wants us to do. Well, it was the exact same number, which as I mentioned earlier, was more than three times as much as I was making at the church in an individual year. So now some might say, well, wow, didn't that scare you? No, not at all. Some might say, well, how's that going to happen? Didn't you think, well, maybe you wouldn't be able to live up to that commitment that you made? And we didn't feel that way at all. Matter of fact, the thought that we had was, we can't wait to see how God is going to make this money come and how God's going to put that money into our life so we can give it to the church. You see, if we would have had an attitude of, well, that's an awful big number, and Lord, how do you expect me to give that much money? That must not be me. That must not be the Spirit. Or we get confused about it, but that's not how God God works. He put something on my heart. He put something on my wife's heart. It was the same amount of money. We agreed to give it. And when we saw what the amount was, and it was a large amount, we got excited, not about the fact about, oops, now what do we do? But we were excited with anticipation to realize that God had to do something very special in our lives to enable us to be able to fulfill that commitment that we had made. Well, you might wonder, how did it ever happen? Well, I won't spend a lot of time on that right now because that's not really the main subject of this teaching today, but basically what happened was in a period of about one year, and we made a commitment that we'd give this certain amount over a three-year period, but in the first year, the Lord brought forth that money where people would call me and say, I feel like I want to bless you for something you did for me years ago, and so I want to send you a check, and we would give that full amount to the church. And other people would call me realtors and stuff, and they'd say, I've got a piece of property, and I'd like for you to be a part of it. And I'd like you to have a percentage of ownership because you've helped us so much. And on and on those things came in. And over a period of time, really at just a year, the funds that we had committed had come into the church and we gave all of it to the, for the work of the Lord. And we rejoiced in it because we believed that God was going to bring forth something that wasn't that it would actually come to pass. Now, when we catch that idea that can't wait to see what's going to happen. I can't wait to see the results with an excitement and anticipation. It's not in us. It's not in our ability. It's not what we can do or what we know or what we think we know. It's all about the Holy Spirit who can bring these things to take part in our life. Let me give you another example, one where the whole church was involved. There's an example of a trial that our church faced many years ago. The bank that we had our mortgage with went into bankruptcy. They went broke. We didn't. They went broke. The real estate market had collapsed in 2000. And it caused many banks to go bankrupt years after that. 2008, 9, 10, 11, banks were going broke all over the country because the loans that they had, they were not being able to collect on them. So they were not able to have qualified loans. And the Federal Deposit Institution, the FDIC, came in and said, your loans are not viable any longer. They're not good loans. So therefore, you don't have a solid foundation in your bank and we're going to have to close your bank down. And so banks were closed because the value of their loans had gone down drastically and they had no other choice but to shut their doors. When that happened our and our bank went broke, not us, when the bank went broke, all of their loans were sold at huge discounts to other banks. They had to get rid of their loans and say they had a loan for a million dollars. Another bank would say, well, I'll buy that loan from you and give you
give you some cash to, so you can operate, but they would give them a very small percentage, maybe 30% or 50% of the loan amount. And that bank was in trouble because it was not collecting the amount of money that was owed to them. So they, they went under. Now shortly after our new bank took over our loan because our bank, remember, went broke and they closed their doors and a new bank bought them out. And so a new bank came over and they took over our loan. And we were having a little decline in our giving and we needed a little help from our bank. And we asked them, could they allow us to maybe just make interest payments only on our mortgage rather than principal and interest? Just like on your own home loan. Your loan that you have on your house, you have an interest payment and a principal payment together that equals your payment. If you take out the principal portion and just pay the interest, your payment would go down. So I asked them, would they do that for us for six months? Well, the bank told us, yeah, that, that probably could happen. This new bank that we didn't know much about, they told us to miss a payment. That way we would get the management's attention and that we probably would get relief from the bank and they would work something out for us. So we did that. Our board approved that and we did. And it really turned out to be a decision that was quite a shocker for us. You see, even though the bank said, go ahead and miss a payment and maybe management then will step up and see that they just need to help you somewhat, we wound up missing two payments because the guy said, that we were talking to, go ahead and miss this next payment. You're still going to be just fine. Well, the bank got very upset with us. Without contacting us, they quickly demanded that our entire loan of over $6 million had to be paid off within 30 days or else they were going to foreclose on our church. Wow, that's a shocker. I went in there on a Saturday morning to prepare for a Sunday service like I did every Saturday. And while I was there praying, as I walked up to the door and I was just walking around the church and I noticed something on the door and there were notices posted in the windows of our church that said the church would be foreclosed on and that we had a certain amount of time and they would be forcing us to leave our church. So faced with this challenge, our board agreed to file what we call as a chapter 11 reorganization of our debt. Now, let me just tell you, let's go back a little bit. Can you imagine walking up to your church and you're the pastor and you've been giving your finances to the church and everything is fine. You've Everything you think is fine with the bank and they've been working with you and they've agreed that they're going to help you out. But then out of nowhere, they post this sign and the next day you're supposed to stand there and have our, your congregation come in and see these horrible signs on the doors that basically said the church was foreclosing and going out of business. Well, I took all the signs down, threw them in the trash and said, Lord, I can't wait to see how you're going to solve this. I can't wait to see how you're going to bring forth the finances and bring forth this challenge against us and protect us from it because I believe the Bible tells us no weapon formed against us shall prosper and that God's church will stand forth and that God's church would be blessed. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that God would help us take care of this thing. So I took the signs down, had a regular church service the next day, called a board meeting, and we met with the board. And that's when we decided, well, we better go get some protection. And we filed this 11, chapter 11 reorganization for our debt. That gives you a chance to negotiate with the bank and come up with something better. You know, this was a great challenge and it was one that I needed to take directly to our congregation after the board and I met and agreed our plan of action. At first, I thought of how embarrassing this could be. Our members I hope they'll understand and I hope they'll go through with this. But then all of a sudden I thought, no, no, that's not the way it's going to work at all. God's in charge. And I immediately thought of the scripture that says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I thought, well, that's the position we're going to take and we're going to move forward with this thing. It's interesting. Before I went before the church to make this 
extremely difficult announcement. I prayed and I read Romans 4.17, the New Living Translation, and that's the theme of this whole teaching. The words of Paul jumped off the page and it says here, the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. You know, these words literally changed my entire approach to this challenge. I thought, you know, Lord, you're going to bring forth the answer. You already know the answer. You already know exactly how this is going to work out. And I'm going to claim it and believe it that this is going to glorify God. And then I thought of Romans 8:28 that says that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I thought, Lord, this is going to be so exciting because you're going to turn something that looks bad that we're thinking is going to be the end possibly of our church. You're going to turn it into something good and something amazing, and you're going to receive all the glory and all the honor for it. So for that Sunday's message, the following week, I explained what we were facing to our congregation and that our church board was 100% behind our plan to reorganize our debt. And at the end of my message, I told the congregation, I can't wait to see the results. Think of that. I can't wait to see the results. Now, there's two ways to approach it. One thing you can say is, oh, gloom and doom. It's over. I guess the devil wins this battle and I guess we're going to have to leave. Or you can say, I can't wait to see how God's going to turn this thing around and bless the church. So when I told them that, that I couldn't wait to see the the results, that they were going to be great results, they're going to be good results, they're going to be amazing results, I told them soon I'll be able to tell you that God is in control and that I would announce how he has delivered us from this trial. Now, I must admit, I became a little excited about thinking of a positive end to a difficult test. Did you hear what I just said? I became excited about thinking of a positive end to a difficult test. You know, think about that in your own life. Think about a positive end to a challenge or a trial that you're having. Think about a great positive result to something that you're facing in your life. Matter of fact, this might be a good time for you just to stop and think, Lord, I'm faced with this trial. You know what it is. I don't. You know what you're going through, what you're facing. And maybe you should just quote that thing and say, Father, God, in this situation, and you can name it whatever it is. Maybe it be physical. It might be financial. It might be relationship-wise. It might be job or career-wise. You're facing something difficult, but you can say, Lord, I can't wait to see the good results. And then also claim his promise in Romans 8, 28 that tells us that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You see, when you quote that and you believe that and you claim that, then you can do what I entitled this particular podcast as, learn how to wake up each day with unlimited faith. When we start claiming God's word at the beginning of the day, our faith grows. When we start believing that he's able to do beyond our wildest dreams, that will increase our results. When we believe God's word that tells us that he brings forth something from nothing, that will increase our faith. All these are things that will help us wake up each morning believing there are things in our life that we are challenged with. Yes, that's true. It happens to us. It's happened in my own life, but there's nothing too difficult for God. And we've got to believe that and accept it and wake up each day and with an anticipation, an excitement, a joy, an anticipation of joy is what the last podcast was entitled, but anticipation of joy, what's going to happen in that day. Just dismiss any pessimistic thoughts, anything that you think about as failure or defeat. You just come against those in the name of Jesus and say, I reject those thoughts. I rebuke those thoughts. Take them out of my mind and fill them with God's possibilities and God's ability to do anything. Here's another thought that I have that I've written down here. It's in my book someplace. Since victory before you enter the battle. Wow. 
If we can do that, if we can say to ourselves, God is able and there's nothing too difficult for him, and we can believe that in our faith, in our prayer life, and we can sense the victory, we can sense that we're going to win this thing before we enter the battle. There's an old saying in the church, I've heard it for years, ever since I've been a Christian, where the pastor will be preaching, he'll be talking about how to deal with challenges and how to deal with trials and how we face this issue and face that issue. And then they'll make a statement that I really like. They'll say, yeah, and tell the devil, I've read the end of the book. I've read all the way through the Bible, that means. And in the book of Revelation, we win. We know that we win this thing and that Jesus will come back and claim his church. And so you're going to win in the end. You're going to defeat the attacks upon your life, upon your family, upon your health, upon your finances. And you can call forth that blessing and you can sense the victory before you enter the battle. Now, let me get back to the church story because I want you to know how this whole thing turned out. For two years, we faced the possibility of losing the church facility and faced the embarrassment that would follow in our community. So from time to time, I would update the members on our progress. In addition to that, I would remind them that God is in control and he still calls things that seem to be lost. He brings them back to life. I would tell them, I can't wait to see what God will do for the church. Now, during this time, our congregation was faithful in all their attendance and their giving never dropped off a bit. They believed that God was going to do something great. They were focused on the end result and did not let our trial rob them of experiencing a successful ending. Now there's a lesson for us right there. You see, they did not let the trial rob them of a great result. And in your own life, let's apply that to your own life right now. Don't allow the circumstances to rob you of expecting a successful ending in your own particular life and your own particular challenges. Now, this is an interesting date. You got to listen to this. It, I know if you're riding a bike or if you're driving your car, you can't probably write anything down, but I'll give you some dates. It was November the 22nd that I received a call from our attorney, and he said that the bank wanted to settle this dispute and offer to reduce our debt. Did you hear what I just said? They offered to reduce our debt of over $6 million to about $3 million, and that they agreed to lower our monthly payments less than half of what the payments were. Now, we accepted their offer, obviously. And don't forget, the bank purchased our loan at a large discount from our former bank that had gone bankrupt. So that bank had already knew that they hadn't paid anywhere near the $6 million for that loan. So the reason I can tell you this story, because it's all public record. If somebody wanted to look up the story and wanted to look up what was taking and look up the mortgages and all that, they could see that that's all there. But here's the part I find very exciting. It's, it's very important to understand that God is a God who wants to bless us in ways sometimes that we know not of. It's interesting to know that the settlement came on November the 22nd. That was a Friday. Now, Sunday, November 24th was a Sunday, and that was the day that I was to announce to the church that God's promise to Abraham of bringing life from death is still in operation. Let me repeat that. Remember, this teaching is based upon God's promise to Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations, and Abraham said, well, I don't have any hope. I don't have any options to do that. My wife is is old. I'm very old. We can't have children. My wife's womb is dead. That There's no hope. But God says, nope, you're going to be the father of many nations. So God's promise to Abraham of bringing life from death is still up in operation. I told the church that. This was the day we would give glory to God and thank him for his promise in Romans 4.17 that we were calling forth something from nothing. Oh, by the way, the interesting part about this, the day that I announced in church that we had won our case that the judge 
ruled on our side and our debt was reduced in half. Our payment was significantly less than half and our church was in great financial standing all over again. That happened to be the day of my birthday. What a gift from the Lord. It was kind of a shock. You go back, it's kind of hard to believe that even happened. But really, for two years, the Lord protected us and blessed us in our church. And we won that battle. And it was one that I believe that God receives all the glory and all the honor and all, all the glory for it. So I want you to try to think of waking up tomorrow morning with unlimited hope. I want you to go to bed tonight and say, Lord, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to have unlimited hope. I'm going to believe that you are able to do way beyond what I can imagine or even think. Now, as you drive to work, you can approach the day with an anticipation that something good will happen that day. When you do that, you increase your faith. And when you increase your faith, you're going to increase your results. And that's the goal of this whole podcast is to show you a way that your faith can increase and that when that happens, the results of your prayers are going to be greater than you probably even thought could happen. I know our results were even greater than what we anticipated. You can live a life filled with great expectation instead of a life filled with fear or doubt or pessimism because God doesn't want that in our life. He doesn't want fear and doubt and pessimistic thoughts in our life. He wants us to think positive, to be encouraged, to be strengthened to live life and live it more abundantly. That's the life I'm talking about. I'm, I'm getting a little excited here, but you know, bottom line, that's how I feel. That's what I believe, and that's why I'm teaching it. This makes me think of how a little child can get so excited when they're on their way to get an ice cream bone. Now, I know that's quite an adjustment from the church, but just think about that. I, that just popped in my mind. I thought to myself, the excitement of a little kid knowing that he's on his way to get an ice cream cone. He's excited, nervous, kind of wondering what kind he's going to get and how big a cone he's going to get. You see, you can see the excitement on their face. They're, they're living in anticipation, and that's how we need to live. You can see it in their eyes. They're focused on the prize. All they think about is the wonderful experience that they are about to encounter. That's what we need to do when we pray. That's what we need to do when we pray in faith, believing and trusting God, who has unlimited powers to allow that power to come into our lives and let the hand of God touch those who need a touch, whether it be us or someone else. Many times that joy carries this little kid all the way through the day as they anticipate the something wonderful, that something truly wonderful is going to happen to them. Now, now, wouldn't it be great to live a life filled with the anticipation of something good is about to happen to you? If I'm not mistaken, the great evangelist Oral Roberts always closed his services and his TV shows and he says, something good is about to happen to you. He believed that. He called, believed in calling forth those things that were not as though they are. And this is why I have been so excited and focused on writing about Romans 4.17 in my book. And by the way, I've mentioned my book a lot. I should probably tell you that if you're interested in getting the book entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and that book is available to you. And join those who've purchased it and they say their faith has been radically changed. And I'm writing, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm podcasting this information out to people because I believe if this message gets into the the hearts of believers. We're going to see a radical change in the faith of Christians all over the world. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that God promised to bring life into any situation. And as you are aware, that scripture is the foundation of this teaching today, that he can bring something from nothing. We live in a world that's becoming more and more negative about the future. And many of those I counsel seem to struggle with developing a positive outlook for what they are going through. I can remember as a child living next to a family that was always negative. They complained about everything and everybody. Their favorite statement was, with our luck, something bad is going to happen. And then they expected the worst when the going 
going to the doctor when planning a vacation. They worried about flat tires or a dead battery or a car accident. And as a child, I would try to speak something positive to them, but they seemed to live a life filled with negative expectations. Now today, I find an attitude of negative expectation in far, far too many people. So let me ask you, have you lost the joy which you would like to see in your life again? Have you lost your peace that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? And you can't seem to get it back. By the way, peace is the number one prayer request we get at our church. People lack peace today, and it's because they don't look at the possibilities that they have in their life. They don't believe many times that God is able to bring life into something they feel is dead or gone or passed away. Now, we've we've seen, and I've talked about in this teaching and other podcasts, Abraham and Sarah are examples of God giving life. God gives life from something that seemed to have nothing. Remember, Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was about 90 years old when God told him that through them, nations would be birthed. Abraham was filled with doubt. He had to think, God, can't you see my condition? You might feel the same way. God, can't you see my condition? But not only can God see your condition, he also knows the answer and has the answer for you. So we must believe for those things that are not as though they are. We must believe that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. Now today, many are like Abraham when they're facing the impossible. That's why it's so important for us to catch this message, not to be able to just hear it and listen to it, but to catch it and make it a part of our life. It's so important to understand this foundational truth that we serve the same God that Abraham served and that our God is able to bring life into anything and believe that all things are possible with our God. Let me just leave you with something to think about as I close out this session today. Why did God want to bless Abraham so late in his life? Now, maybe God felt that Abraham was not paired spiritually to be able to handle this blessing. God's timing is always the best. In our life, we may need to prepare ourselves spiritually to be able to handle the blessings God has prepared for us. See, our God wants to bless us. We know that. Do we trust God to bless us? You know, we say, God, we trust you, and we trust you, and we trust you, and that's nice, and we say it over and over, but sometimes, do we really? Are we just saying it? I think a better question might be, can God trust us? If God wants to bless us, can he trust us to receive the blessing in the way that it was intended? Can he trust us to accept that blessing and give him all glory and all credit and all honor for that blessing? Another thing to think about when we want to see our faith increased and see greater results in our prayer life is that maybe we're not ready to receive that blessing. Maybe we're not ready to believe it and trust God for it and accept it and know that he's able and that he has unlimited power. You see, when you go back to Abraham, maybe he was not ready to be the father of many nations. Maybe this was a bigger assignment than what he could handle and he needed a little more spiritual growth. Well, that may be the case in in all of our lives. I know that financially, it seemed like when I wanted God to bless me financially and I was focused more on financial than doing something for God or doing something for others, it seemed like I struggled more in receiving a financial blessing. But when I just gave up on worrying about finances, it seemed like that's when I got the attention of God and I put all my faith and confidence in Him and that's when the financial blessing started to come forth. So my prayer for you today is this, that you catch the concept of believing that God can bring life into anything that does not exist in your life. You need to only believe that you serve a God who can bring life to those things that seem to be dead. He can restore a dead relationship. God can resurrect your forgotten dreams. He can bring new life into past thoughts and ideas and dreams and things that you wanted to do. 
Start today to anticipate life. Begin to have an anticipation of joy. That was that was in last podcast that I did. And claim what Oral Roberts said when he spoke to millions on television. Something good is going to happen to you today. I believe that. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity I've had to teach this podcast to those who have listened in. I thank you for your anointing, for your word being brought forth, Father, and how you've used it and anointed it, Father. And I believe, Father, I call forth blessing in the lives of those who are listening in. I believe they will offer those things that are not and believe that they are, and they'll see them come to pass. Thank you for it in advance, and I'll give you the glory and all the honor for it. For I ask these things now in Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast today, and I'm believing that you will wake up each day with unlimited faith and experience the joy of God blessing all that you put your hand to and realize that nothing is impossible with our God. So if you'd like to know more about about this teaching, you can go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and you can see that I've written several books on the topics of finances and on faith and on generosity and other issues, and I believe you might be blessed by those. In addition to that, if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I'd just like to say that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled Knowing God Believes in Us Increases Our Faith. And I'm going to give you step after step to show you how you can truly accept the fact that God does believe in you. That He's a fan of yours and that He's got great and mighty plans for your life. And He has a purpose for your life. So until next time, may God richly bless you.